0: second half of the People Show on a Friday, Friday the 13th, people texting in, it's a full moon, solar eclipse apparently, people saying in the inbox, 650-650, a lot of uh, Friday the 13th thoughts, if you got Canucks thoughts as well, uh, what you saw on Friday, or something you want to pitch by Brett Festerling, uh, text it in, 650-650, because 650, let's uh, get to it. BFF, we're calling it Brett Festling Fridays. Uh, former NHLer, <laughs> Vancouver Giant. Uh, you hear him here on Sportsnet 650. What's going on? How you doing? What a game! Oh yeah, we're Whoa. pumped, man. the the, the vibes uh, The vibes around the city are totally different. I, I got friends I haven't heard from in ages. Be like, hey, eight one. It's like, yeah, they're they're win a game. They're they're one and zero all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, I like I remember the player one hating to play Vancouver, but coming back getting knocked up play up on the, the city because it was just, it was alive. You know, there was that that, that air about it. So that game Wednesday was, it felt kind of like old times. It was nice to see the city buzzing. It was really, it was really cool.
0: All right, so let's get to a a bunch of stuff because uh, the the fans got some confidence out of it, uh, perhaps most embodied by uh, some confidence from Brock Besser. Now, the third goal notwithstanding, look, that just happens sometimes. It goes off your skate and you get a hat trick and uh, hats start raining down onto the ice. But overall, uh, just from Brock Besser's game, um, it, it, it looked like a version of Brock Besser that we've seen in the past finally.
1: Yeah, classic, right? If you go to, I guess it'd be the third goal. One, you get uh, PDG there in a great, great uh, forecheck, which goes back to the work they've been putting in. Miller comes in, gets that body protection, nice backhand pass, and you see classic Brock kind of find that soft area with that release. That you know when he gets it off, it's pretty amazing. So um, credit to his to his linemen. I really like that line, but Brock finds those soft spots and. The hard work of those two guys, I think, really let Brock do that. So uh, I'm excited to see what that line can do going forward here.
0: Finding that space, right? And, and we, like, we always hear about you know players have to get their timing back and all that sort of stuff. Um, is that a play you look at and say, okay, that's a, a guy who's who's starting the season with good timing? Because like you watch that play, like when Miller gets the puck, he just kind of subtly pushes down, and it's like he's able to take everything in stride.
1: Yeah, it's, it's you're off. You're off that forward heel that's guarding against the D-man, and the guy that's actually supposed to cover you is probably the D-man in front of the net there, but Mm. it's too far for him to go. So for Brock to time that where he's getting it when Miller's going to be able to pass it, because there's only a split second, maybe, you know, a three-, four-foot gap where you can actually get that puck and then turn to the other side as a righty and get that shot up, it shows that, yeah, it is good timing, and that line really is sinking.
0: When you watch that goal, the, the one where he just kind of pivots on a spot and it, it's PDG to Miller, that goal that we're talking about, um, how he kind of shoots it around the defender. You've been in those situations, how you're trying to close out and how a winger is trying to shoot around you. Uh, what did you like that play uh, about that shot of how he manipulated Darnell Nurse on that spot too?
1: Yeah, just how fast that release was. It was it was on and off. He was pivoted mid pass. It wasn't it wasn't a dust off as the players would call it and. And shooting, so to be able to get that and then fire it as a D man, you need to block it, or else you're just screening your goaltender. And that's what Brock does so well: if he gets it, shoots it by him, and and the goalie has no chance to stop it. So it was just impressive how fast that was. And if that line can, can continue to play that quick in offensive zones, they'll score a lot more.
0: Were you surprised with how? Um how much space there was and, and how little contact was kind of generated by Oilers' D-men? Because it was like the first game of the season. And I know, look, it's 4-1, 5-1, and the game can get away from you. But usually there's just a ton of adrenaline in game one. And it just felt like access to the net, whether it be rebounds or that opportunity like we're talking about there, was, was open readily for Vancouver. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, one, I think Emerson's D is definitely different without a home on the back end. Like, that's right. a different decor without him. But, like, I, I got to give credit kind of to, to nuts there. That goes back. We've been talking about, it, like, this talk started last January. Is this work on systems and work mm-hmm. ethic and everything? That, is it going to pay off come, you know, puck drop in October? And nobody knew really until, until Wednesday. And then you see those fundamentals in practice. And it's guys above pucks. It's sticks on ice. It's very little things that a lot of people wouldn't notice. But, that leads to offensive chances and less space for those D and less momentum for those D to close or hit or whatever it is. So as much as we want to call Edmonton flat, they definitely didn't have their best game. I think a lot of credit goes to Vancouver to bring that pace, play their game, which we haven't seen. A lot of times they kind of reacted to the other team's pace last year. So I'll give most of that credit to, to Vancouver.
0: We'll get into some of the system stuff here in just a second, but you mentioned the work ethic, and I kind of started the show, uh, you know, Rick Talkett talked to Ian McIntyre at the start of the season, and it was, you know, the sentiment that he said, and the quote that he says is, what are you going to do to change the narrative? If you don't like losing, what are you going to do about it? And I felt like... You know, we we saw Elias Patterson right away, that big hit on Cody Ceci. JT Miller goes yeah. up against Connor McDavid and, you know, engages physically through the neutral zone, slow his speed down and on. You can go choose a handful of guys that all try to do something. Uh, when you see the work ethic, um, how do you try to carry it over? Because now it's like, OK, we did it once. How do you try to carry it over and harness the good vibes and, and, and that renewed work ethic to carry over here for the next couple of weeks?
1: Well, it kind of goes into the culture of the room. You need to reward it somehow. It might be just the praise of your of your teammates and the fact that the teammates um, kind of respect that and honor that. And obviously, talk to put that uh, as a goal for the team. And I'm sure behind closed doors between him and foot and uh, the staff, they're complimenting guys and showing video clips like. <laughs> When you watch video as a team, if you see a bad clip of yourself, it's a terrible feeling. It's awful. You feel kind of embarrassed, kind of ashamed in front of your own team. It's a teaching point. Nobody wants to get uh, embarrassed, but that's how it is. But if you can show a positive clip of guys working, forechecking, stick, it's very rewarding within the team, and that kind of starts to build that culture. So I think it's carrying that momentum and and having that mindset in the locker room to keep doing that.
0: Uh, Well, Well, we'll take us in the room for you then. Um, Moments when you were rewarded and uh, ways that, uh, you know, singled out for praise. What does it look like and and what happens thereafter? Uh, Was it highlight clips or was it something
1: else? Junior in Vancouver, Don Hay, would post hits and block shots after every single game. So it wasn't goals, it wasn't assists. He would have a list of everybody and he would highlight the highest Block shots and highest hits, and we highlight the lowest block shots and lowest hits. So that just speaks to where we kind of put that in our dressing room and how much pride we had in that. And then guys didn't want to be that, so it got to a point where he didn't have to put the list up because we knew everybody was blocking every shot they could and taking everybody they could um, to make to help the team win. So that that's kind of like an example of, of how you try to carry those little uh, maybe less. Celebrated moments forward.
0: Create your own value system uh, within the team. That's fantastic. And uh, yeah. you mentioned the systems. Okay, so what did you like, whether it be the forecheck or defensively? Uh, what are some things that stood out for you? Uh, look, it's, it's an 8-1 win, so there's a lot that's going to be there to like. But but what stood out for you?
1: I mean, little things take away the 8-1. Little things for me that I like to watch would have been Colin and Aaronic on the back end. They are played specifically away from the puck. It's amazing those guys, um, their sticks in lanes, their awareness of where players without the puck were, especially a team like that that likes to generate, you know, get that kind of blender going, a lot of forwards in and out, defensemen in and out. So their awareness with sticks in the lane, you saw Hirona kind of break up a couple of really nice kind of little odd man's on the corner. He laid down one time for, for a Connor pass. So, that, to me, helps so much in the D zone. Last year you would have saw guys kind of get puck-focused, lose their guys, or not be aware of guys behind them. That was a big difference. Um, the group as a whole, you saw in the second period, I think after the fourth goal, Edmonton started to get momentum, and they, they had a couple, let's call it two to four minutes of sustained pressure. Canucks didn't get out of position. They kind of stayed in the middle. They handed off players. They didn't start. D-men weren't running to the blue line. Wingers weren't running to the goal line. It was just controlled. They knew what they were doing. They had a plan and they executed, so that was that was really impressive to me and a big change from the games we saw last year.
0: Cole, to me, you, you know, th- th- there was the game where you and I were working the intermissions in preseason and, uh, yeah. against Edmonton, and just kind of fawning over, like, hey, these little plays always just stand out, whether it's a stick on a puck or a nice little subtle pass, and to have a guy that's, I think, just views the game differently, or at really least his skill set, is... Uh, geared towards, hey, I, I'm going to make the other team miserable tonight. And there were so many moments it's just like he'd put a forearm on Vander Kane. And it's like, okay, we've heard the term from Rick Tockett, like squash a cycle. And he just put a guy against the boards and worked the puck with the other hand. And it's like, hey, man, that's a professional D-man right there.
1: Yeah, it looks so simple and so easy. But that little play just stopped the offense. It just stop their momentum or it allows your forward to get in. He he had one last night in the third period and it's something I don't think the average fan would see. Uh I believe uh Hronik or whoever was skating behind the net to carry it up. He can't skate back. He just made sure he skated between the back end of a party man and the in the front of their forward. Just creates three feet. Right? Little plays like that he does every shift all night and it just makes so much difference and just helps tilt that ice toward the connects.
0: We're getting this text here from uh, Johnny Mack, And, you know, we talked briefly about defense by committee. And and we saw Hughes and Aronick go together. And they played against a a, a very, very strong line. Uh, They were out there against McDavid uh, a lot. And Johnny Mack's just kind of saying here, the opportunity to play Hughes and Aronick together against teams' superstar lines and spread them out against a less talented team makes a lot of sense. Now, when we talked about the term defense by committee, we kind of came into it thinking, hey, how do you manage the minutes within a game? do we have to shift our thinking that maybe it should be by uh game to game rather than within the game?
1: Yeah, man, maybe. I mean, I think, I think that's kind of between foot and how those guys are playing. You can, I really loved watching those guys play together. They were so good together and you're right. They played against, you know, possibly the most dynamic line in the league for the last, whatever, three, five years. And, didn't really seem like it, right? Like, they, they really did a good job. Yeah, there was a couple opportunities here and there, and, and Connor's Connor, and he'll have flashes of brilliance, but he, they really did a good job of making sure. I, I think the Canucks probably came out of that battle on top last night, right, or on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, I think they just did a good job of containing that. Now, do you want to spread that out if you're playing maybe a more balanced or focused team? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think that's something they got to kind of play by ear as it goes and see how that third pairing does uh, when they're healthy, or even if it is Juleson and Rose. You
0: know how are they how are they handling it by themselves? I guess. Well, we'll see uh, what Susie uh, looks like in his return. Uh, non-contact periods today, but you know they get ready for this road trip. And and I do wonder if you know there's been so much focus start of the season. If you just put those two guys together, Hughes and Rona, can just say, hey, at least for the start, right? At least give us a. Fifteen point, twenty point platform at some point during the season. We'll cycle off of it, but to start the season, let's go with our big dogs, and we'll figure this out as the season goes along.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I, I like it. It was it was fun to watch, and I think the you know the ice tilted Vancouver's favor kind of every time they were on with that big line. So, um, you know, I go back to the days of, of Getzlaf, Perry, Salani going on with Pronger and Niedermayer, and just nobody. To the chance. It was just a quick way to just swing the momentum back our way. So if Canucks got that, I think it's a tool you can use.
0: Uh, we, we've gone this whole time without talking about Elias Pettersson. Uh, now, the, 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 <laughs> hit, the hit was the big one, but to me, like, if it wasn't for four goals and eight goals and so, and so much to talk about, I feel like that pass would have been the thing we talked about for a couple of days. Uh, put us in the mind of the defender there, uh, just trying to track that and, and what you do in that scenario.
1: You do what he what he did. He tried to whack it out of the air. I don't know. That was like I was kind of speechless. I haven't seen not too many guys. A lot of guys throw sauce pass. Not too many guys throw four and a half foot high. Take something off of it allows your player to catch up to it in behind um, the D man's kind of heel. That was that was high end um, elite an elite pass by him. So you're right. I think. The first two notes I had watching the game were uh, Petey's pass and Petey's hit. And it was, it was a really good to see that he was coming out and setting the tone, and that's kind of who he is, right? He just, he's this quiet guy that goes about his business and leads by example, and I think he really did that with those two plays to start season off.
0: Uh, he's Brett Fessling, uh former NHL player in Vancouver Giant. Uh, we're going to be chatting to him on Fridays, and you'll hear him on the broadcast tomorrow as well. Brett, always appreciate it, man. Let's, uh, let's uh, talk soon. You bet. Thanks for having me. BFF, Brett Fesseling Fridays. Uh, keep your thoughts coming in. 650, 650. Uh, we'll answer any questions. Uh, who on the Canucks reminds you most of yourself? Oh, I don't know if I can answer that question. Professional athletes here. Just a jerk on the airwaves. I don't know if I have a good answer for that. Uh, someone who's really focused on defense, I guess. Teddy Bluger. How about that? <laughs> uh, all right. Fridays, our new favorite segment. Guys, name, and dudes, Uh, we give you a prompt and you just text in names after names after names. Uh, So in the spirit of, uh, if if you missed the news today, uh, the game against uh, Philly on Tuesday has been changed from 4 o'clock to 3 o'clock. That Eastern media, we got got to cater everything to the East. Forget 4 o'clock starts, now we get angry about 3 o'clock starts. Uh, so since we have to cater everything to the city of Philadelphia, we're gonna we're gonna broaden the scope of guys naming dudes today. Philadelphia athletes. They played for the Phillies, they played for the 76ers, they played for the Eagles or the Flyers. Send them in. 650, 650. We got music for guys naming dudes here? I think we got something. Do we have something? I I I think we got something. Should be something. Uh We'll give Victor a chance to uh, to find something here, but if they pl- Philadelphia athletes text in 650 uh, as as always, I'll, I'll kick things off here. We'll throw in with uh, in the movement that is no, that that that, that that's Confession Fridays. Uh, we'll, we'll throw in here for Chemo Teaming in. When was the last time you thought about Chemo Teaming Flyers guys naming dudes here on uh, a Friday. 650, 650. Rocky Balboa, the first text coming in here. <laughs> I mean, I guess that works. I guess that works, but uh, we're really looking for uh, nonfiction here. Nonfiction. Eric Snow, 76ers. I'm trying to think of other, those, those Allen Iverson led Sixers teams. The bit before my day. Come on. Really? Or <laughs> he's just dragging guys to the uh, the finals. Todd McCullough was on those teams. Canadian legend. A bit more recently, we could go with number one overall pick, Markel Fultz. Yeah. Broken jumper. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Rollins. I, I feel like that's a little too high end, though. That's, that's like a really good Phillies player. We need, like, deeper in the cut. Matt Barnes, now more known for his podcast. Matt Barnes and and the gif of him trying to uh, get Kobe to flinch. 650-650. Dr. J. Derek Coleman. That's a good one. Lenny Dykstra. Michael Vick. Ron Hextall. Theo Ratliff. I used to love Theo Ratliff. (laughs) Defense block shots. I was always just jealous of the tall guys. right? They can dunk and they can block at the rim. I was always like, "Oh, I got this sick layup. Go up for a layup and wish so you were a little bit taller, wish you were a baller." Skilo, man. Peter Zezel? It's a good shout. I used to have a lot of Peter Zezel hockey cards. Like this this segment is is just designed for the hockey cards that you had too many players of, just multiples. I went to a thrift shop the other day and uh here's a throwback, Jeff Garcia. Okay, yeah. Quarterback. Played for the Eagles. Also a Grey Cup champion. Mm-hmm. Uh Dom's texting in non-stop into the show right now because it's like, Philly, this is my moment! Brad Lidge, Philly's legend. It's almost like we planned this without Dom. <laughs> Todd Vadoric. That's a Good one. Jakov Voracek. Still still playing. But uh Still a guy. Still yeah. a dude. Still can be named. Uh, Ruslan Fedotenko. Oh, nice one! All name team. Yeah, it was it was uh, one that you always see like playing video games, like Fedotenko. Just mm-hmm. good to say when you're playing video games. Antero uh, Nitty Mackie. Man, that is a uh, a strong one. Roman Czech Manic. the goal, the like the goalie graveyard. That is Philly. Ilya Brzgalov It's just fantastic. Uh, Ilya Brisgala Freddie Mitchell. Oh my goodness! What a great reference. The belt. He was he was doing the belt before Aaron Rodgers was doing the belt. Freddie Mitchell, that's fantastic. Uh, well, Rick Tockett, yeah. Good shout, Eric Lindros, Garth Snow, Garth Snow, Marky Mark. Like, Wolver- oh, uh, he played that. Um Oh what was that uh, Eagles wide receiver He played Vince Mappali uh, The the movie In uh, Invincible Is that what it's called It's a I'm Disney not a movie, movie. guy Yeah he, he played Vince Papali. Oh we have a Vince Papali text right here There you go uh, 650 650 uh, Yeah a lot of uh, Producer Dom text Coming in Right now Shane Goss spare. Good shouts Keith Acton, smoking Joe Fraser. <laughs> hey, boxers fit? Why not? Uh, all right. Wild thing, Mitch Williams. Nice one. Uh, I can't even keep up with in the inbox when we do guys name of dudes. You're just <laughs> you're just trying to catch names as they go through. Randall Cunningham. Get your retro twelve jerseys out. Uh, Scott Hartnell as well. John Leclaire. All right, good stuff. Fun edition again. Uh, heads up, three o'clock start on Tuesday. Versus the Flyers for your Vancouver Canucks. A lot on the way still. Canucks Central. Dan Riccio. Satyar Shah. Friday edition. Mailbag. So keep those uh, texts coming in. You can send in your questions to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. For the Central Friday, Friday mailbag. Also Friday during the hockey season. So you know what that means. Yannick Hansen. Back on the station uh, with Sat and Dan, uh, his reaction to an 8-1 win. The type of performance I imagine Yannick would love to see. But he's a truth teller. He's going to tell his truth coming up on uh, Canucks Central here on Sportsnet 650.